Glory to God. Um, we started uh, our ministry back in, uh, in Nellegale here in 2015, so we've been up and running for three and a half years now, teaching the Word every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. If you'd ever like to join us, feel free to, it's outside, it's, it's a nice setting. I can't be as loud out there as I am in here, but it's still fun, amen? But uh, I really believe God has anointed just this whole week, uh, just impressing on my spirit, there are so many anointed people who are going to be here tonight. Um, and ministers that he's called that have been kind of on the waiting list and kind of in reservation mode. And now he's given this green light to go forward. And doors are going to open for you, he says, and opportunities are just going to fall into place. Um, who you partner with has a lot to do with a lot of things. And things are going to start falling into place from this night forward if you receive it. I thoroughly and firmly believe that. Amen. But this is the word he's given for me. It's in Isaiah, if you'd like to turn there, if you have your Bible with you or your iPhone. How many people have a Bible? <laughs> like a real Bible. <laughs> is this yours with your, with your jean pocket? Yep, with my jean pocket. Hallelujah. But um, when we started in 2015, this was the... Um, the chapter the Lord gave me, and it's Isaiah 60, if you'd like to turn there. And I believe it's relevant right now in this day and hour, like never before. Isaiah 60 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory, say glory. glory. The glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord is outlined in Exodus chapters 32 and 33 like no other. It's really, if you study those chapters, you come away with the glory being the manifested presence of God, the manifested goodness of God, which incorporates wealth, riches, his goodness, amen, and the manifested power of God. So the glory of God is his power, his presence, and his goodness. So if you're asking the Lord like Moses did, Lord, I beseech thee, show me your glory. After he was face-to-face -face talking with God, the Bible says, he left that conversation saying, Lord, show me more of your glory. He wanted more of God after that face-to-face -face encounter. But he was really calling for his presence, his goodness, and his power. If you call every morning you wake up, Lord, show me your glory. That will solve every problem, every need you'll ever need in your life. The glory of God will take care of anything in your life, I guarantee it. So that's why it needs to be on our lips continually. Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory, amen? When you're going to the store, show me your glory here. Arrive upon the scene. In Laguna Niguel, in Foothill Ranch, wherever you go, Lord, show me your glory, yes. your power, your presence, and your goodness. Proverbs 13, 22 says, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Amen. There's a wealth transfer coming to the body of Christ in this day and time, in this hour. Amen. For those who will get the job done with it, who will preach the gospel, who continue, will continue to serve Christ no matter how much they have or how little they have. No matter what the adversity, to keep winning souls, to keep serving Jesus, amen? amen? You need the glory to do it, amen? We all need the glory of God to get the job done, amen? Yeah. Say it with me, Lord. Lord. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. His glory is upon you, amen? Just like it was with Moses, face to face. And still he besought him, more, more. I want more, more of your glory. Show me more of yourself. That hunger, God will always feed the hungry. 
Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will always be filled. Those who don't in these latter days will fall by the wayside. Don't hang out around those people. They'll drag you down. They'll pull you out of the faith. They'll pull you out of your position. Doctors have now proven you will become exactly like the top five people you hang out with. So hang around with those people who have what you want, not what you don't want. Because they'll drag you down. You think, no, I'm going to get them saved. I'm going to convert them. They will convert you into darkness, I guarantee it. You have to hang around those you want to be like and want to become, who are going farther than you, who push you, who encourage you. Amen? Amen. The day's too late to hang around with weights, dead weights. Amen? And hindrances that hold you down. People laden with sin who have no passion for Christ. Amen? The time's too late for that. The day's approaching. He's coming back. Amen? For a glorious church. And my question is, are you going to be part of the glorious church? Are you going to take your stand no matter what? Hold on to the word of God in Jesus Christ as your rock of Gibraltar no matter what? And just stay planted where he needs you. And to do the work of Christ no matter what. That's his, that's his question to all of us. Will you fade away in the, in the end days? Like my word prophesies. That many shall depart from the faith. So pick who you choose to hang around with. Because if they depart, they'll pull you with them. Amen. He's coming back for a glorious church. There is a sect of God who will receive great wealth in these, these last days. Great friendships. A flourishing life. It says the path of the righteous get brighter and brighter until the end. The world gets darker and darker as the day approaches. But the church should get brighter and brighter and brighter. Amen. Which means your last day on earth should be your best day. Yes. Amen. The world can't say that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The path of the just. We're the just. Say I'm the just. I'm the just. Gets brighter and brighter till the end. Amen. So don't hang around with darkness. Don't hang around with those who will snuff your light out. Hang around those who encourage your light. When you gather together, you're exposed and illuminated. And you leave that place empowered. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Choose your friends wisely. Amen. Amen. They have everything to do with your life. You will succeed or fail based on those people you hang out with. Amen. Most of us learn that as kids, seventh grade even. Those would drag you down, those who would accelerate you. I ended up lost in high school. Amen? In Mexico, selling drugs. Just because of the people I was around with, raised Christian. Amen? Praise God, he got the right people around my life. Amen? Amen. Sometimes you have to isolate yourself to be plugged into the right people group. You have to disconnect like those people in the wilderness. For 40 years, some of them still carried idols, calves, and golden images. <laughs> the Lord had to completely break those strongholds of idolatry to give them the promised land because they couldn't take the past into their promised land. You can't take the past with you. The future is bright ahead of you. Amen? Amen. Sever the past and let it go. Amen. And rise up anointed and strong, a new day ahead. Amen? Amen. The bright morning star shining brightly in your heart till you see the day approaching. So much newness in store for us. Amen? Amen. So much goodness if you hold on to Him and don't leave Him your first love. Amen. Amen. 
Don't go after the stranger, the way of the stranger. Never leave your first love. He'll bring other loves to your life if you don't leave your first love. Amen. Not darkness that withers you away. You start to ache. Your soul aches after you leave your friend group. Uh-uh. He wants to feed you and build you up. Amen. He's always giving. He's always releasing his love to us. Amen. But he can't do it if other people are in the way and you put them first. You have to put him first. Amen. He's numero uno. Amen. I'll stand for you to the end. John, who wrote the book of John, was boiled in a vat of oil. Scholars say. And the oil couldn't singe him. It couldn't even touch him. Couldn't boil him at 92 years of age around there. Amen. Because he stood for Christ and he had the revelation of how much Jesus loves me. He was the one disciple who lived the longest. Because he had the revelation of love. He knew the love, but he also believed the love. And in these end days, you'll have to not only know his love through his presence and his word, but you'll have to believe the love and release your faith in the love when adversity, test, and trial try to cripple you. My father loves me. No, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying put. He needs me here. He loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. He is love. There's no love without him. This world would have been ended. Darkness, decay, death, sin, fear, everywhere. But perfect working love casteth out all fear. Amen. The love of God shed abroad in our hearts casteth out all fear. There's no doubt. There's no worry. There's no discouragement or dismay. It's just love flowing through me. Because I've chosen to believe the love. I have faith in the love. His love will never leave me. Never forsake me. Amen? Amen. To develop faith in the love. It's not enough just to know the love. You have to believe the love. Amen? To dispel all fear. Because this world is ridden in fear. It's who Satan is. He is the spirit of fear. When fear is present, when you feel afraid, Satan's at the door. Perfected working love casteth out all fear. Knowing how much he loves me removes all fear. Now I can go forward and serve you. Now I can do what you told me to do. Now I can start that business. Amen? Amen. Now I can start that endeavor that's been in my heart all these years and just been dormant. Because the love removes the fear. I just trust you and walk through the door, Lord. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 2, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. This is promised, amen? The darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. Do we see that? You can turn on CNN for two minutes and see that. I don't recommend more than two minutes. (laughs) And if you watch Fox News long enough, you will be sick. Amen? You'll leave the word your medicine, Proverbs 4.20 says, and buy all these other drugs and put your faith in them. So don't watch too long, amen? But you can get a sure telltale sign uh, that these are the end days, amen? amen? That deep darkness has covered the people, amen? 
For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord, say, but the Lord, Lord. will arise over you. Will arise. Which means as the world gets darker and darker, you get brighter and brighter. CEO positions, positions at the top. That the kingdom of darkness has ran. The Lord's saying, no, you're going to be at the top now. I will appoint you in that position. Mayor, governors, presidents. The Lord is taking back the U.S. And he started at the top. Never in the history of America has anyone in the White House read as much as the word as they have and worshipped as much as they have. There are worship services every day in the White House. That's amazing. Wow. What a time we're in, amen? What a time to be alive. God is on the move, amen? Are you? Amen? Are we on the move? Because we have to be of one accord, one body to be on the move. You can't do it all by yourself. One of the devil's favorite tricks is to isolate you. To get you all by yourself. I have a worldwide, world-changing ministry. I'm going to do it. I'm going to tackle this world for Christ. And there you are by yourself. Who's following you? If you wouldn't follow yourself, it's not likely someone's going to follow you. (laughs) Amen? You can't do it alone. The arm was never meant to be attached from the chest. We're one body. You can't do it by yourself. You can't run a successful business alone. You can't do it alone. No, that day's spent. Those people who try to do everything, they're the jack of all trade. And they've lost their trade. (laughs) Focus. Focus on him. Focus on your gifting and your talent and develop that. And that will move mountains in these end days. And provide large money for the kingdom of God to move forward with. Amen. Nobody seems to have a problem with you after having a Boeing 747. But if the church gets a jet, what's up with that? That's the kingdom of darkness infiltrating, trying to infiltrate the kingdom of light. But the kingdom of light needs to move with finances, large money in the end days. Amen. Amen. And the Lord is positioning people to bring in large money to the kingdom. Amen. Chosen vessels. Amen. He's looking for those people right now in the body of Christ. And he will exalt those people into places of strong leadership as he already has with Donald Trump. Amen. Amen. Donald Trump was prophesied into office. Glory to God. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Which means as you continue to go along, people are going to start recognizing the crown on your heads. In the world of darkness, people are going to see light like never before. And they're going to be like, what does he have? What does he have? What does she have? It's the glory of the Lord. Amen. 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 Deep darkness to people. But the Lord shall arise over you. It's going to get to the point where it's dark and light. Black and white. There's going to be no gray area in the church anymore. Oh, God is making somebody sick. God is putting this person through lack to teach him a lesson. No, he teaches through his word, just like any good father, through their words. Amen. Yes, amen. 
They instructs through words. His word is the instruction manual. B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before leaving earth. (laughs) This is how he teaches and guides us. He doesn't teach us through circumstances. The devil does. The devil tries to teach us through circumstances. God teaches us through his word. He is the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. That's not Jesus' last name, by the way. Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. We are the body, not of Jesus. We are the body of Christ. We are the body of his anointing. Jesus died and rose again in a new body. Jesus himself preached Christ. Jesus himself preached the anointing and the anointed one. Let's look at his first sermon. Just flip over a page. Isaiah 61. Jesus' first sermon in the synagogue at the age of 30. He did not do a single miracle until the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. He was a carpenter his whole life, not with a single miracle until the age of 30 after being endowed with the Holy Spirit from on high. We'll never be able to do the work of Jesus without a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit every single day. We can't do the greater works of Jesus which he prophesied to us as church without receiving a fresh anointing every day. Jesus' first sermon, Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is what Jesus preached. This is how he got his last name, Jesus Christ, because he preached the anointing everywhere he went. Shouldn't we be preaching the same thing? The anointed one and his anointing? Aren't we Christians, Christ followers, little Christ, little anointed ones who make up his anointing? The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me, number one, to preach good tidings to the poor. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew, preach the gospel to the poor. What's good news to the poor? That you don't have to be poor no more. (laughs) Jesus was not a poor man on the earth. Yeah, that's right. You know what the Bible doesn't record three wise men? Christmas cards do? There was a multitude of wise men at his birth bringing him the riches of the world. He had Jewish parents. He must have been rich. He fulfilled the law, which means he was a tither. According to the tither's reward, you have to flourish. He had a treasurer. What poor person needs a treasurer? He supplied the needs of 120 evangelists for three and a half years. A poor person cannot do that. Who has ever shot craps for your clothes? They shot dice for his garment. His robe was seamless, it says. We're talking about a rich man on the earth. Not a poor man who chose hippies from the coast. All his disciples had their own businesses, if you do some study. They all owned ships, the Bible said. 
and had servants working for them. All his disciples were Jewish. This is not a poor Jesus. This is a rich man. And I'll never forget at 1 a.m. when the revelation hit me. Jesus was rich. And if I'm in him, I'm rich. When you get that revelation, you'll never be poor again. This is the good news he said to preach to the poor. You don't have to be poor no more. Christ is the way to victory. I've opened the floodgates of heaven to the Gentiles, he said. Amen. 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 2 Corinthians 8, 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. Amen. The devil's poor, not Christ. The kingdom of darkness is the poor ones. The church should be rich. Amen. Revelation 2, 9. Words in red wind, Jesus says, For I know your tribulation. I know your poverty. I know your pain. But ye are rich. It's a finished work. The word will wipe out lack in our life. If you have lack, meditate the word. There's more than 2,350 verses on wealth. More than any other subject in the Bible. And people get mad when the church preaches on money. It's where it came from. It came from Him. All money came from God. All wealth came from Him. The kingdom is a quarter size of the United States made of gold encircled with 12 12-foot pearls as gates. That's rich. You can't even fund the move of the Holy Spirit in your own church poor, let alone the world. Or in your house. In your own home. The world's looking for clout. They're looking for prosperity. They're looking for believers who believe in the wealth of the wicked. He didn't ask us to work for it. He asked us to believe him for it. When did he ever ask us to work for a living? How did we get saved? We heard the word, we believed it, and we confessed it. Some of you, if you've received healing before, how did you get healed? Did you work for your healing? No. Did you work for your salvation? No. Well, what makes you think you have to work for your money? Oh. Amen. That's new doctrine. No, that's the same doctrine. We're redeemed from the curse of toiling. That crown they placed on his head of thorns was to represent that Christ took the curse of toiling from man. He took toiling out of his work. He took toiling out of his labor. You're going to love your job, I guarantee it. Amen. If he's called you into ministry, you should expect millions to flow in. Every Christian should have millions. It's this time. The world has our stuff. God created it for us. What are they doing with it? Say it with me. The wealth of the wicked cometh to me now. 
The wealth of the wicked, come to me now. Do that every day of your life and money will come to you. Jesus will always provide seed to the sower, he said in 2 Corinthians. There's coming a large wealth transference unlike the world has ever seen. And he's looking for recipients to get the job done. It takes money to preach the gospel in Antarctica. Amen. Amen. But when the entire world is reached with the gospel, here he comes. Some of us have been chosen as entrepreneurs, as financiers of the gospel of Christ to support the man, the women, the ministry that he's called into position. There's kings and there's priests. The kings gather the wealth of the wicked and give it to the priests to move the kingdom. Who are you? Are you chosen to be a king, to plant a business, to flourish, to bring the wealth into the storehouses? Or are you called to be a priest in the front going into all the world? And we need to make that clear distinction because both people receive the same amount of goods and rewards. Those supporting the gospel receive just as many souls saved as those the ones who are preaching it. (coughs) When Billy Graham gets to heaven, he'll have the same soul count as all his partners did. All the people who were brought into heaven through Billy Graham, Reinhard Bonnke, all these great evangelists, all the people who supported them, those souls are going to come up to them in heaven. You're the one that helped get me in here. Equal rewards, partnership in the last days of kings and priests. Amen. Amen. Supporting the ministers through the wealth of the world coming into the body of Christ. They're called to be siphons, those kings. So which one are you? Because you have, if you're a king, he's already placed everything in you to develop wealth, to call in wealth. Amen. Amen. He's placed that anointing in you, that idea, that gift. Amen? Amen. And then he's chosen some. Go ye into all the world. I called you for ministry. Go ye. Amen? But you have to know the difference. Because that will completely focus your life. Am I called to make? Am I called to to go? Am I called to? What am I? No! Amen? Store up the kings. The priests go out. Both receive the equal reward. On earth and in heaven. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say the wealth of the wicked. wicked. Cometh to me the just. So Jesus says the first thing he was anointed to do was to preach good tidings to the poor. That all came from that one verse right there. (laughs) To preach the good news to the poor. Poor man, you don't have to be poor no more. I took the curse of toiling. You don't have to toil and make a living anymore. My father will provide your every need. You don't have to be poor no more. That's the first step to be in reach, to be in rich. Jesus. Spiritually rich, financially rich, physically rich. I have come to give you life and life in full. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you life in abundance. Yes. In every area of life. Yes. We shouldn't be struggling no more. Yes. Financially, spiritually, or physically. Not one feeble person was amongst their tribes. The Lord healed me from Crohn's disease and anemia and malabsorption syndrome in 2005, 2008, sorry. And I haven't been sick since. Since 2008. A headache hasn't lasted more than 24 hours since then. 
Why? Because he's a respecter of persons? No, he's a respecter of faith. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. There was not one feeble amongst their tribes, among millions, and it said there was not one person who lacked. And 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, just as your soul prospers. The two greatest wishes for God's children are prosperity, money, rich is not a dirty word. It came from the Bible. Money and complete health on the earth, just as it is in heaven, Jesus told us to pray. Thy will be done, thy kingdom come on earth, just as it is in heaven. There's not one sick body in heaven. There's not one poor person in heaven. Amen. He expects that to be part of the glorious church he's coming back for. To see us in position, ready. And here he comes. Amen. But the first thing he did was preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He's Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Psalms 23 has the complete list, the seven redemptive names of Christ. All in one psalm. That's who he is. He's the restorer. He's the healer. He's the mender. Amen. He has to mend you from your past so that you can move forward. He has to get all unforgiveness, clutter, bitterness, waste out of the way to move you forward into new relationships and divine connections, which is what I pray over this ministry tonight. Divine connections, right relationships will start to form from here on out. More than you've ever seen. I firmly believe that. Say the blessing of the Lord. Lord. It maketh rich. rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. That's Proverbs 10.22. That word sorrow literally means toiling. Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made the curse which includes spiritual death, poverty, and sickness, being made the curse for us so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. Proverbs 10, 22 again, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth and he adds no toiling with it. Mm -hmm. Isn't that a good verse? Amen. Believe for more. Where you're at now, you haven't seen nothing yet. If you have $1,000 in your saving or if you have a million, you haven't seen anything yet. Push the gates of heaven open. Amen. Claim your inheritance. The Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Every time you see the word receive in the Bible, it means to forcibly take. You're not feebly going up to the throne room of grace, but you come boldly to the throne room of God knowing your righteousness. You've been made the permanent righteousness of Christ. And you take from your Father whatever you need. The world's not our source. We go straight to the throne room. I need a thousand bucks, Dad. Thank you. I take it. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent, the prophets, take it by force. 
We are the prophets on the earth. Amen. We take the kingdom by speaking the kingdom, by speaking the word. Can you hold your place right there with me and go with me to Mark 16? The Great Commission. Has everybody heard yes. of the Great Commission? Or the Great Commandment? Yes. Yes. When I saw this for the first time, it shocked me. Because I heard it preached wrong my entire life. Any word you see in italics in the King James, the translators added that word. It's not in the original Greek text. Amen? So let's read the Great Commission as it's supposed to be written. Verse 19. Sorry, I'll start in verse 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Not Christians, believers. There's a difference. There's nothing worse than an unbelieving believer. <laughs> I'd rather hang around sinners all day. <laughs> and these signs will follow those who believe, who live by faith. In my name, say in my name, the name of Jesus. See, you're in his name right now. The moment you received him, you got planted and grafted in his name. When you speak, Jesus speaks. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Which explains why a lot of Christians who are alcoholics are still alive and flourishing today. <laughs> I know I was. Raging alcoholic. Glory to God. I'll never forget. My first daughter came in 2013. The Lord stripped alcohol from me. Amen. Couldn't even taste it. Me being in the culinary field and wine pairing my whole life. Couldn't even smell wine that my wife would drink at mealtime. Because he just stripped it out of me. No desire, haven't even tasted it since 2013. Amen. And here I was driving to the bourbon trail in high school. <laughs> Amen. In Kentucky. Glory to God. Opened up two mixology bars in New York City. Drank all day. And the Lord just peeled it off of me. Amen. Like yes. nothing. Amen. Just because I said, Lord, I'm going to go with your word now. Yes. And the yes. word stripped it from Amen. me. Yes. He is the word. There's no addiction he hasn't already taken care of. That's right. Amen. He's already done it. He's already dispelled it. He's already trampled over it. Amen. Now you need to trample on it. Amen. Get rid of it. Amen. Say get. Amen. That's just stuff trying to hold you back from your wealth, your divine purpose, your health, your wholeness, life in full. Amen. There's no better, there's no better place in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. So rich. He meets every need. Yes. Amen. Glory to God. Yes. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Amen. So when you lay hands on a sick person, Jesus said, they will recover. Amen. But Lord, I didn't see their... Ah, Jesus said, they will recover. Amen. Amen. Say it with me. I lay hands on the sick and they recover. If you say that long enough, 
That's what you're going to start seeing everywhere. There's no doubt. If Jesus said it, that settles it. When you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. This is promised to the babiest of Christians. Amen. So here's the part I wanted to get to, verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And you know, he seated us up with himself. Amen. And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with, that italicized word, them, is not in the original Greek. The Lord was not working with them per se, but he was working with the word. Wow. It says, and they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. You have to be a preacher of the word. Amen. You have to speak the word in your own life when the crisis is on to get deliverance. It's the preaching of the word that breaks the yoke of bondage. It's the preaching of the word that brings the anointing. Jesus preached his first sermon was Isaiah 61, the written word. He didn't come up with some new doctrine. He didn't come up with a prophecy and just preach on that. He preached Isaiah 61. It's the preaching of the word that breaks the yoke of bondage. If you're suffering from lack and the pressure's on, it's the preaching of the word in your home and in your environment that will break that bondage. If sickness is trying to encompass your family and your body, it's the preaching of the word. By his stripes I was healed. He himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. And with his stripes I am healed. 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes you were healed. If you were healed 2,000 years ago on the cross, you are healed. If you were made rich 2,000 years ago through his poverty, you are rich. So why go to man for it? If it's already been done. All you need to do is go to the word for it. Because it is written. Whenever Jesus was tempted, he said, it is written. It is written five times. He didn't give a prophetic word. He said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. And it said the devil fled from him. We speak the word and the devil flees. We don't speak man's wisdom. The devil flees through the written word of God. Jesus spoke the written word of God to resist the devil. And he also spoke the written word of God, Isaiah 61, as his first sermon. And this is what he preached his entire life on the earth, the anointing. So he says, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, Isaiah 61, 2. And we'll wrap up with this. To proclaim liberty to the captives, those who are bound and shackled by addictions, bondage, alcoholism, drug use like I was, completely entangled with bondage, to proclaim, you're free to the captive and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. You can believe your way out of prison if you get born again. I've seen it happen time and time again. Sentences cut in half. Prisoners released. It's promised in the word. Receive Christ. Be unbound. Their shackles and chains were loosed. Amen. If you have loved ones in jail, claim this verse. Deliverance to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. That can be mentally too. 
bound up in your mind. The devil's clouded your thinking. You can't think right. Confusion, strife, anger, bitterness, clamor. He'll loose those strongholds from your mind because he's the healer. Right thinking takes place. Clear-mindedness takes place. I'll no longer listen to the voice of the stranger, but the voice of the shepherd. I'll no longer follow after a familiar spirit or a spirit of divination, but the spirit of the living God who speaks clearly to my heart. And I know exactly what he says. For he told me, you shall know my voice. You'll know it. It'll be in you and you'll follow it. You're not going to hear it, he says. You're going to know it. It's that still, small leading deep in your every man's spirit is how he leads us. He doesn't lead us through prophets in the New Testament. He confirms the word through prophets in the New Testament. He leads us through the Holy Spirit, not a prophet. So don't go after a prophet. Go after the word. He's the word. Amen. Amen. Say the word works. If you have a problem hearing from God on your own, it's just because you haven't gotten in this. This is his vocabulary engrafted into your spirit. The more you're in this, the more you hear his voice on the job site. The more you hear his voice in the car, at school, at work. Amen. My sheep shall know my voice. They'll hear it clearly as promised to us. There shouldn't be any confusion. When he says do this, I go there because it's clear. Amen. When he says make this business transaction, partner with him, I know it because it's so clear. The Lord will prosper you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So he said to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, which is the year of Jubilee, which entails supernatural debt cancellation. Jesus canceled debts on the earth, and he still does. If if you're in debt, sow a seed to get out of debt. Amen? Say, with this seed, my debt is canceled in Jesus' name. He is the deliverer of debt. If you graduated school 10 years ago, still have school debt? You can't move ahead with that. According to the word, Jesus wiped it out. He's the Jubilee. Believe for it. Amen. If you have a house note, he says, I want to make you the head and not the tail. Above only, not beneath. Believe for supernatural debt cancellation. Amen. Again, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but you have to take it by force. I give an offering. I always name my seed. I all, if I give $10 or 1000 or 5000 I say, this is for this. This is for this. Just like a good farmer word. Yes. I don't just drop money into a bucket. I believe I'm going to receive my harvest back from him. Yes. Amen? Yes. And I'm going to take the harvest of my ancestors because they didn't know how to receive and take by force. <laughs> and I'm going to spend it on the preaching of the gospel. Amen? <laughs> so name your seed every time you sow a seed of money financially. Name it. If I have a $3,000 car note, I'll sow a $100 seed. That wiped out in Jesus' name. Just in June, my wife was admitted to the ER for a kidney stone. The first one ever in her life. And we went to Saddleback, the ER. And right when we saw the door, I had peace being without health insurance at the time. I saw the door. I calculated the cost. It was going to cost me about seven grand. (laughs) That's what I said in my spirit. 
But when I saw the door, I had complete peace, and so did she. We went in. The bill came to $7,100. I got the first bill in the mail, and I said, in the name of Jesus, this debt is canceled. I spoke against it. I spoke against debt, right? Like, you have to speak against that stuff. You can't just receive it. Amen? Never pay retail. We serve, we serve a Jewish God. <laughs> and I sowed a seed. And I said, in the ministry that the Lord instructed, I said, with this seed, this debt is canceled in Jesus' name. I called when the next bill came in. I called Kaiser or whatever it was, Saddleback there. And the Lord just brought up the verse, ask and you shall receive. So I called them and said, what can you do for me as a cash patient? And they said, if you make a payment, I stand corrected last no, week. No, you, yeah, if you make a payment of $290 today, I waited on hold for 15 minutes while she checked what she could do. If you make a payment of $290 today, that seven grand will be wiped out to you. <laughs> and I said, I don't understand. <laughs> huh? And she said, if you make a payment of $290 right now, we'll wipe out the seven grand. Wow. And I said, that's the favor of God. On the phone with her on the phone. Supernatural debt cancellation. Amen. Happens all the time throughout the body of Christ. And you should be one of them. Amen. Whenever you sow an offering, whenever you sow a seed, name it. This is for this car. This is for student loan. This is for my house payment. Wiped out in Jesus' name. The Lord wants you the head and not the tail. The lender, not the borrower. That's Deuteronomy 28, the blessing. Amen. Amen. Oh, he's so rich. Amen. Amen. Never look to man, just look to him. Amen. Amen. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, Jubilee, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Say all. All. All who mourn. Not one person left out. All those who are mourning and sorrowful. He says, I now take your sorrow. We have no business being sorry in the kingdom of God. If you say I'm sorry long enough, you'll start to feel sorry for yourself and drift off down, down, down into sorrow, which Jesus has already taken on your behalf. Amen. Stay up. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Yes. All right. We're wrapping up. Praise God. Everybody getting something? Glory. Hallelujah. To console those who mourn in Zion, in the church. To console those who mourn in the church. To give them beauty for ashes. Meaning if you've been crushed by man, he'll make you flourish again. He'll build you up from nothing. Paul said, what can man do to me if God be for me? No matter how much you've been trampled under the foot of men, he'll raise you up again. Into flourishing trees, amen? Fit for the kingdom, fit for the master's every good use. You're so special to him. Nobody looks like you. No one will ever have your same thumbprint, ever. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) That's just amazing. Of all the billions of people, that no one will ever be like you. Amen, that's true. Only you can be you, so be all the you you can be. Stop trying to be someone else. (laughs) Hallelujah. To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. 
If you feel oppressed and pushed down, pressed, it says the garment of praise will release that spirit of heaviness. When you start to praise, that yoke will disappear. He inhabits the praises of his people. Whenever you praise, you bring him on the scene. And no yoke can stand in his presence. There's no heaviness in him. In him is fullness of joy. That they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. See, it's all for his glory. Amen. Say, it's all for his glory. Lord, we just thank you. I usher you in right now, Holy Spirit, to do a healing work. You said wherever the word is preached, the Holy Spirit will confirm it with signs following. I thank you for a release of prosperity today. A release of finances in a miraculous way through the preaching of the word of God to all who will receive it. Healing in the body, which Jesus paid for in the atonement. Deliverance of addiction and affliction and wayward thinking gone lost. To restore the believer into his safe haven. To restore the mind of Christ in each one of us. For your healing presence to touch each one of us today. That we may live here with that presence to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Lord, we thank you that in your presence is fullness of joy and riches forevermore. That all we need is in Christ. That he's El Shaddai. He's the all-sufficient one. He's the all in all. He's the beginning and the end. He's the alpha and the omega. The first and the last. He's the smallest thing in the world and he's the smallest thing in the world. He's the all in all. And all we need is Him. If you agree with that, say Amen. Amen. Wow. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God's so rich. Thanks for having me, Kelly. (laughs) Amen.